What's up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon trading card games premiere podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, Mr. J.W. Crewall. In our fourth season of Tag Team, we've made it a long, long way since we first started. And thank you all so much for being a part of the journey with us, whether you're a first-time listener or a day one Absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe it. Season four. Yeah, that's a lot of Starting seasons now. Right? That is a lot of seasons. So feels more good. More seasons than most shows get on the air. That that's true. Although nobody's um, nobody's paying us. They will soon, <laughs> but no, nobody's paying us to be here. Yeah, we're getting the the payment of a job well done. Yeah, a pat on the back and the uh-huh. knowledge that we are an integral part of most people's Thursday morning slash afternoon. Like the commuters. <laughs> shout out to the people that are listening to them right now in their car (laughs) you're the real mvps so jw how's your week going so far that's going pretty good got to touch some cards got to see some (laughs) friends love Um, both those things yeah i mean that was man i was looking so forward to that and now i'm i'm addicted bro i caught the bug again like oh no like i'm challenging (laughs) people the glc matches in andrew's discord and like <laughs> i'm like just playing poke just to you know play on the ladder and stuff like wow. it's it's bad dude wow you know you're in deep when you're playing the ladder no nah, the ladder's fun the ladder's <laughs> fun but but yeah i tend to i tend to you know do tournaments uh as my only way of like testing or 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 you know i'll play my decks for the youtubes and stuff but sure. yeah man i'm i'm just i'm in it bro I'm- i like want to play all the time I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Pokemon's Pokemon's fun when you get into it. I feel like it's uh it's been a little challenging to get that same spark with the uh the lack of in person events. But mm-hmm. you know, things like the the full grip, I guess two K double header in a way, um was a great way to kinda like reignite that for people. It seems like, you know, based on player interviews and things like that during the event that that was definitely something that had a positive impact on a lot of the people there yeah no doubt everyone seemed very happy although i couldn't see their facial expression or their <laughs> full facial expression you can see the brows you can see the brows yeah you can see the yeah crinkle on the side of the eye oh for sure but it was it was great yeah it was great people seemed to really enjoy it and uh, i think they got some really good feedback from you know the stream obviously andrew did a really nice yeah. job and then from just the people attending the event, the judges, you know, we have, I think in Ohio, some of the best judges that you can find. So, uh, Hulan and Jimmy and AJ all did fantastic job and made the event run real smooth. So that was really nice. Yeah. And yeah, just people had a good time. There weren't any real snafus in terms of gameplay, you know, mistakes or, or cheating or anything like that. So I, I think it was a, an overall fantastic weekend for pokemon that's great man that's great so for the uninformed or people who haven't been listening or necessarily following the cast uh jw did end up going down to the full grip double header 1k uh and so on day one there was a 1k tournament in post rotation format that being the sword and shield through evolving skies and jw finished in the top four there losing to Azul Garcia Griego. And on day two, there was a 1K in the Gym Leader Challenge format. Uh, check out gymleaderchallenge.com if you want to learn more about that. And JW placed in the finals. He got second place there. Yes, yes. I said going into the tournament that I wanted to win both. And Saturday and Sunday. And I didn't. Yeah, no, and I didn't win either. So really just I failed miserably. <laughs> so outside of your what I would call good performance, uh, you know, what was the highlight of the the weekend? Um, it would probably be yeah, I mean, just aside from playing cards and like seeing friends and stuff, because it is a lot of fun, you know. We got to see Chip and Zool and Grant and um and Caleb and you know, Dankus, you know, it was always good, good to see him and Natalie and, you know, all the full grip squad. It was just everybody, you know, that I hadn't seen in a while. So that was really fun. Um, 
in terms of the gameplay, I just had a great time both days. I don't know, <laughs> man. Like, like it was just so yeah. good to play again. And so standard format post rotation, I feel like is in a decent spot. Not a fantastic spot. I wouldn't say it's a particularly memorable format. I've been playing for 10 years now. So like, you know, there's some there's some formats that stick out to me as being particularly skill based or particularly fun. Uh, this sure. one falls somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's not particularly terrible, um, but it doesn't jump out as being, oh, yes, this is a format that I want to, you know, remember forever. It's good. It's good, though. And I, I really like the skill of the Inteleon lines and I really like the skill of the Urshifu's. And I like the skill. I, I do believe that there's still some skill in deck building that can be had at uh, in post rotation, even though decks look very similar with sure. for quick ball, for research, for I Marnie. Mean, it's kind of inevitable every rotation, right? Like we, we lost a chunk of cards. So the best ones yeah. are what fill the decks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then the GLC was just so fun. I had a really great time with that format. <laughs> I felt like I had the best deck in the room, which was close to being true. I There is one change I would make to the GLC deck yeah. that I played. But uh, but overall, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic weekend for cards. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you got to have that experience. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad it was all, you know, it seemed as safe as we could be in a pandemic. Um, I suspect that if Full Grip does this again, which I, I heard some rumblings that they would do, I think I would hope that just with kind of cases on the rise, I, I think I would hope that they require being vaccinated. I, I don't sure. know of anyone that wasn't vaccinated that was there. I will just like clarify that. But I do kind of feel Reassuring. like, you know, yeah, there maybe is that yeah. one little extra step of protection, um, you know, it, it was it was completely fine in terms of of I don't know the distancing and and, and people being um, you know in that proximity and people wearing masks it was all good like that but uh, I suspect in the future there might be something like that uh, in, implemented where they to hold another tournament in the future for sure for sure you know I actually um my primary care doctor on their app i get a little qr code now that shows that i'm mm-hmm. vaccinated which is super cool yo that's pretty cool yeah you just scan it and it has like the the proof right there cool that's Check awesome the immunization registry yeah it was neat i learned about it at work actually because it was something done by epic <laughs> and, yeah and i uh it's like oh cool so i downloaded the app and it was right there very cool <laughs> um yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think, uh, you know, as as things ramp up, vaccines are going to get more more prevalent, more in the, the limelight. I think uh, one of the major barriers to organized play returning in, in full force, in my opinion, is uh, vaccines being rolled out to, like, the younger folks, mm. right? Like, there's no real vaccine availability for people in that, like, under 16 age group, uh, especially right. the younger you get. Um, and I, I kind of am hesitant to say that the organized play will return in full force until there is. Yeah. And that might be part of the reason, uh, certainly a big part of the reason that Pokemon hasn't said like, yes, go ahead and, and continue online play because we know that magic has, but of course magic is catering to an older audience that right. uh, maybe is a little more able to make those difficult decisions on, on their health or, or those important decisions on their health. So yeah, certainly that would be, that would be a difficult question to answer in terms of vaccines for for the under underage. Speaking of the uh, the children for a second here, you had mentioned that you're playing for ten years. Does it feel weird? Like by the time organized play returns, you'll be like older in terms of your gameplay experience than all of the junior division has been alive. Yeah, that is very <laughs> weird, and it was really unusual too to interact with a lot of players that had either started just before pandemic or started in the pandemic. I talked to be bizarre. I talked to a handful of players that this full grip tournament was their first in-person tournament. Yeah. And that is so cool. Like that is like, I'm stoked about that, but it was pretty surreal. It's, it's crazy out there, man. I mean, I can't imagine like starting to play cards during the pandemic. You know, like online is your only way to do it. You 
<laughs> there's no way to buy physical cards because they're all being bought up. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, a huge motivator is I like to hold them, you know, like yeah, touch them. yeah, me too, me too, <laughs> so, for sure. You know, ever since I've been, ever since I watched you on stream, I've just, uh, I've had just some of my old decks that have just been sleeved up for since the start of the pandemic, and I've just yep. been shuffling them and stuff. <laughs> let's go <laughs> it's so fun you know you, you look at them you hold them you touch them it's i know it's great man it's great you get to slide the energy under the card physically something about it's, it. and like yeah you put the tool on you can choose where you put the tool does it go up and down does it go off to the side you know there's a lot of different diagonal how do you stack even. your so, how do you stack cool. your energy right yeah, yeah on that diagonal pace like <laughs> there's so many ways you can you know how do you keep your board is it clean is it kind of messy are you just throwing cards all over the place like what's going on there yeah it's uh it's a good time for sure and i feel like that just good, like a good uh like meme video is like yeah i i've actually thought people. about that <laughs> yeah i've definitely yeah types of types of people and then it's just all the ways that i i definitely have been thinking about that for like the last <laughs> week i was like because you got like your shufflers your hand shufflers yeah. and then you got your like your um what's the where they do it with the cards and they go like they kind of like crimp the edges it's like except it's hold on let me see if i can get it on camera or it's like Oh, with like your discard pile and stuff. Yeah, where they like just do the edge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And then you have the people who like their board is very, very neat, and they like pick up their discard pile and like very like swipe it out almost, and then mm. return it right back to where. It was. True, true. <laughs> you know I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't see any particularly neat players. Like anyone that's because I, I, you know, I, I think everyone's a little sloppy right now. Well, I've been I've been playing a long time, and you, there are like some people that I I can just picture in my brain, and I know exactly how they keep their board, and it's like pristine. Like you know, it looks like PTCGO, right, where everything is exactly but lined Caleb up. Was there is he is he not doing that? Well, I ha- I didn't play against Caleb, so uh, I didn't really see any of his matches. But Caleb um, is like the quintessential person who does that in my mind. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. So that's funny. That is funny. Yeah. I, well, what I was saying is, I think. You know, people have been playing online for so long that just like their general, like not necessarily they're doing things wrong. It's just their habits are a little sloppy. There were definitely players that shuffled their hand in on a Marnie. Really? I, I, I feel like it was almost less than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen on stream at least, which is good. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was, it really uh, did hit us with, the, with the Trump card shuffle true yeah i didn't watch that match but apparently that was a pretty big whoopsie <laughs> that's a brutal one because he was like definitely gonna win that game too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny yeah sometimes you just you feel like losing i've been there <laughs> i've been there man. Yeah, same. <laughs> well let's talk about the actual events themselves let's start with with day one with the post rotation standard format Again, that Sword and Shield through Evolving Skies. Uh, talk about you know what you played, and then we can talk more about like the the actual end results of the tournament. Sure. So let me pull up the actual round by round matchup. Um, I was very, I, I was in a very good position through four rounds. Um, I, in round one, I had played a Rayquaza, and oh, I should say the deck that I was playing. So I was yeah. playing a. <laughs> I was playing a Urshfu VMAX with a Moltres V. And I. Just like you said in the Just like episode. I said. Yeah, I said. And I actually played the deck a couple of times. One, uh, you know, one on stream and then another one against Andrew. Like I was really trying to show off the deck. They're all up on the YouTube. Um, and I did a little bit of a deck profile on YouTube if you want to know a little bit more about the deck because it's not particularly popular, actually. I saw a tournament, an online tournament. Um, that I played in on Tuesday and everyone was running Urshifu and Teleon and nobody was running Urshifu Moltres, which made me <laughs> feel a little bit sad, but Aww. that's okay. So the idea there is that you have the Moltres that can one shot your shadow riders, but it can also provide energy acceleration so that you can go back to back G max rapid flows with your, um, with your Urshifu V max. So, you can energy switch, 
manipulate energy pretty well with that deck. And so that was the idea there. Uh, and it worked. It worked well. I wouldn't say that a back-to-back GMAX Rapid Flow is anything that you um, really uh, desire or, or necessarily need in this metagame, in this post-rotation metagame, but it's certainly a nice option to have. Sure. So, so we had round one was Rayquaza, and uh, the Rapid Flows were awesome there. You just take out two <laughs> Flaffies, and it really cripples them. Yeah, taking the sheep to slaughter for sure. Definitely. Round two, I played a Shadow Rider, and that went, um, I don't know, pretty pretty f- simple. You just get up a Moltres and make sure you have a Moltres on the bench with at least one energy attached. And then you can really just, you know, you attack with the first one, and then as long as you have another one in reserve, then you should be able to take your two knockouts on the Shadow Riders. If they get kind of funky and they go into the Alchemy and they really get a good Alchemy start, then you can swing in with the um, with the Urshifu and maybe even just do 150 damage with the you know base Urshifu V. But that one was pretty simple. I just was able to you know run through with the with the Moltres. So in that matchup, do you usually like? try and get two Moltres with one energy each before you go in? Is that kind of the idea? Um, You don't have to, but yeah, as soon as you go in with that first Moltres, you want to have a backup with one on it, right? So you're at least threatening the the next turn. Yeah, so... Is that is that what you're saying? Like, so you want to have... When you start to attack with Moltres, you want to have another Moltres yeah, with... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a given, right? Because if you assume your Moltres is getting knocked out, then you can't start yeah. charging one at that point. Yeah, uh, right. Right. I guess. Yeah. So what, what mm-hmm. I'm curious about is like how quickly you start powering up the second. Like, do you bench two like right away and try and get one energy on both pretty much immediately, or do you? Yeah. That I way? exactly. I will even sometimes just bench all three because you don't necessarily like to have the Urshifu. It's a nice option for you, um, but there are certainly times where just having all three out on the field is going to be optimal for you because yeah, in those early turns. Um, if the Shadow Rider gets like a really quick alchemy and they get enough energy in play, then they can start gusting up your Moltres if you're not ready right. enough like by that time. Uh, so you want to make sure that you have three in the deck so that you can get around that strategy that they try to employ. Um, but sense. yeah, like you, like you said, getting out two, trying to get an energy on both before you go in with the big swing is, is where you ideally would like to be. Sometimes it doesn't work out quite like that, but sure. that's, that's where you want to be. Makes sense. So then round three, I played um, Averin. So I played JR playing a Zashin deck. And this was Zashin with a couple of Zamazentas. I didn't see the full deck, but it was kind of reminiscent of, of one that Grant Manley was posting and playing with. But um, Grant had a bunch of Articuno so that he could discard Metal Energies and get it back with the Saucer. Oh, I see. <laughs> and yeah, but JR was playing one that had the, I thought this was really going to mess me up, but it actually didn't end up playing too big of a role, but he had the new metal stadium that heals 30 from each of your metal Pokemon. Uh-huh. And Crystal this was Cavern the, yeah, Crystal Cavern, something like that. This was the matchup where my back-to-back um, rapid flows was really, really strong because I was able to hit, you know, a bench Zashin with a rapid flow and then he healed 30 damage, but he couldn't heal enough to you know, prevent it from getting knocked out by another rapid flow. Um, he prized, he was telling me after the game, he prized one Zamazenta. So I think his ideal strategy might've been to go, you know, double Zamazenta and then one Zashin to maybe draw some cards. And that makes rapid flow yeah. a little less scary, but then you also have to contend like that strategy might be a little bit better for an Urshifu and Teleon build, but it gets a little bit hairy when you factor in the Moltres uh, into that equation, being able to pretty simply, you know, two shot your your uh, Zamazentas. So yeah, and uh, it can take a hit too, and it can take a hit. Yeah, so a pretty tough matchup for him, and I was able to walk away there after a shaky early game to uh, to take the win. Round four, I was very, I was like determined not to lose this one, so I was playing against Frank, <laughs> and if you know Frank Persick, you know that he will go out of his way to play a spicy deck. Although this time his spicy deck was, was somewhat, you know, kind of well-known somewhat um, uh, uh, like on the rise. I would say, obviously it's, it's a deck that hasn't been played too much because it was just released in evolving skies, but (laughs) he was playing the Sylveon deck. 
And that is kind of the quintessential Frank deck, in my opinion, where it's got a lot of different things going on. There's, you know, six different types in the deck that are all doing different things. And you can play little cute text. He was playing like a Meowth. Yeah, the Galarian Meowth. Yeah, Galarian Meowth, so he could discard cards from his hand. I thought that was kind of cute. Um, it was it was really an interesting deck, but what ended up happening was he... Well, I went first, I believe, or, or maybe I went second. I can't remember, but I was able to get a turn you know, two Rapid Flow, and he made a slight mistake on his turn by grabbing an Evolution Incense off of Sylveon's ability. Uh-huh instead of grabbing a quick ball. And if he had grabbed a quick ball, he could have crowbatted or Eldegost or whatever his draw support was. He could have used, you know, an an additional supporter or drawn more cards. Um, But instead he grabbed an incense so that he could evolve his Remorade. Well, I just sniped down the Remorade, figuring that that was the best shot I had at winning. And he just wasn't able to mount enough pressure. I think he did get a Sylveon on that following turn, but he didn't have the Remorade Octillery to draw into more of the the you know wasn't able to use a supporter so he wasn't able to get enough different types of pokemon in play so he wasn't able to knock you know get a knockout on my urshifu so that was that was a key play in that matchup and uh just was all the difference i think if he grabs a different card there he's in the clear more than likely but um i was able to take advantage of that and then round five i was i was feeling good four and oh there were seven rounds in the tournament. And round number five, I play against Columbus native and good friend, Andrew Dankus. So Dankus, somebody that I've been testing on tabletop with, you know, leading up to the tournament. And we want to we wanna play again, do some tabletop stuff in the future. So you should see him a little bit more on the channel uh, if you're following my YouTube or my Twitch. But um, I was playing Dankus. He was playing Shadow Rider. And they had a spicy tech. So their spicy tech that didn't matter a, a ton, but but I guess I, I just want to highlight it. They're playing horror energy and Necrozma. Very v. Kevin Baxter tech. Absolutely. So the Necrozma <laughs> V can do 220 damage if it has a special energy attached. So they play some horrors and you know they were able to utilize that. Well, what ended up happening was I wasn't able to get an additional dark energy in the discard pile because as we were talking about our strategy with the uh, shadow riders is to you know go in and have your active moltres and then try to build up another one on the on the bench and i just wasn't able to find that additional dark to put in the discard pile to power up my bench and i must have dug because it, it was over like two turns and i basically just <laughs> needed i needed the one on the on you know one of these two turns to get it, you know, somewhat powered up, right? And then, and then I would bring another one back after my first, um, after my first Moltres got knocked out with the Dire Flame Wings, and then I'd attach another one and, and do a knockout for a game. But that just never happened over the course of two turns. And I like researched and crowbatted and Articunoed and researched again and Articunoed again, and I like saw all these cards, and I just <laughs> couldn't get. Oh no! I just couldn't get another energy in the discard pile. That's so. Yeah, it was it was really rough. I was like a little bit. I, that was the saltiest I've been, I think, in years. <laughs> in years, oh my goodness! Seriously, seriously, because I was like, this is a free matchup. This is like pretty easy. I should have no real problems with this. And uh, and I was, you know, four and zero. Oh. I wanted to go five and zero oh so I could just ID twice, right? Because we all know the horror stories of somebody goes, you know, four and zero, oh, and then and then they lose, and then they lose again, and and all of a sudden they're out of the out of the top cut. So I, I was a little bummed. I wanted to just win out and go five and zero, oh and, you know, and chill and chill for my last two rounds, but <laughs> that was not to be. So I played Dankus. He beat me. Uh, I was lucky though, to play another shadow rider in round six and we played on stream actually. So uh, this was a stream match. If you want to watch it, it's on Andrew's channel and he just didn't really have a, uh, a good start, unfortunately. So I was able to take him down um, pretty pretty simply, pretty easily. And then round seven, I ID'd. So that was my go. Swiss rounds. Yeah. Pretty awesome so that was Swiss. stuff. Pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah, pretty smooth for the most part. And so we get into top eight. I'm playing against uh, Andrew Ioneos. 
well, that's his like Twitch handle. And he was playing an Urshfu Moltres build as well, but his list had Octillery, so he could search out the Rapid Strike energy. And I I found his deck. I I don't I don't necessarily think it was bad, but I just don't know that it was optimized. Um, I just felt like my list was a little bit faster, and I think he would even tell you the same thing, where. I was able to draw with the crowbats into the things I needed as opposed to setting up a stage one right. and having to basically wait a turn to get, you know, the thing that I needed. And he was playing a few other things that were kind of cute and um, that maybe would have helped him if he had just drawn better overall. Like he played an echoing horn, which could be cool because you could put a crowbat back from the discard pile onto the bench and maybe get a double G max rapid flow for, you know, extra damn or, you know, doing an extra knockout, right. Um, getting a free knockout there on an extra crowbat. So I thought that was, that was really cool. He played like a fan of waves and stuff, but in the end, I just felt like his deck was a little slow. There were a couple times during the mid game where he didn't have an artillery out and he wasn't able to draw cards and he just wasn't able to put on much pressure. Yeah. Um, either. I will say those so. one of techs make more sense when you have an artillery to grab them because they're all rapid yeah, strike tag. definitely definitely so definitely i think the other thing i i don't remember his list exactly but i want to say that there's only there were only f- like four dark energy mm. so i i don't know i just feel like Hard having <laughs> well yeah having five, five I, and i would actually just play six dark energy and two energy search in my list uh, if i were to play again but just to have higher counts of energy because you're going to need to attach basic energies onto the Moltres anyway and you want to get those in the discard pile so I, I think it was four it could have been five somebody can correct me on that one but um, just a lower count because he was trying to fit in all this other stuff it just doesn't it's not very conducive to getting back to back Moltres turns which is what you really right you kind of need it's that you crave yeah you, you need that in the Shadow Rider matchup so then I faced off against Azul in top four and I went first both games which I think is an advantage for my deck if I can set up like, like I, I, I kind of divided my tiers as I was drawing play hands where it, it was an ideal start. If I got a supporter in hand, you know, if I was like starting and, and pretending it was my first turn, if I had a supporter in hand, I got an energy in the discard pile with a Moltres out so I could die flame wings and then, had an Urshifu with any energy attachment. I thought that that would be an ideal start against pretty much anything because then yeah. I would have the option to threaten with Moltres or I would have the option to threaten with Urshifu. Um, and then like a good start would be to have a supporter and like one of those so I could at least put some kind of pressure on. Mm-hmm. And then a bad start would be to have, you know, one or less of those requirements. And yeah, like I had two... Yeah, I had two bad starts against Azul where I didn't even get like an energy attachment. Um, and so it felt pretty bad. There was maybe a point in game one that I could have done something, but he had four Drizzles out. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, well, he, so, the, so the play was he had four Drizzles out and he researched and he didn't hit a single Inteleon. So immediately in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he prized all of his Inteleon. So I had an option to rapid flow two of his Drizzles. But I opted to just try to swing into the uh, the Urshifus, right? Because I was thinking like, okay, if he didn't get Inteleons there after a research He'll and he had four Drizzles out, like, yeah, when is he going to get them? Like, it, it just doesn't really add up. But he ended up having, he ended up having them all in his deck, but he just whiffed them, which was uh, <laughs> just so unusual. So yeah. anyway, so I... I don't think it was necessarily a misplay because I think I lose that game regardless. But uh, then in the next game, again, suboptimal start. And I just couldn't put really any pressure on, on Azul. So that was, a, that was a decent showing there for that, first, uh, for that first tournament. And I was just happy to you know walk away with the box, walk away with 100 bucks, and look ahead to day two. There you go. And, you know, Azul did go on to, to win the tournament with his Rapid Strike and Talion deck. Um, had a great finals match versus Chip where he really showed how Rapid Strike can route out games versus uh, Shadow Rider, even in post-rotation meta. And Shadow Rider was a phenomenally popular deck at the uh, the Full Grip event. So 
JW, I think one thing I'm curious about is coming out of this event, do you have any new opinions about you know what the best deck is in this format? Do you think Rapid Strike and Teleon, like we were saying the other week, is still kind of like the top dog, or um, are you unconvinced? Um, y- yeah, I, I think I think probably yeah. In the post rotation meta, I think Shadow Rider is probably king. Um, we should see some other like. And, and this is, I, I'm acknowledging that it's very fluid at this point because I think what we'll see is a lot of these other VMAX decks kind of rise up. Like, I'm really intrigued by just Suicune V, like those kinds of decks. I'm really intrigued by something like Glaceon or Leafeon, like a lot of the a lot of the evolutions that I think have a lot of promise weren't really played. You know, Sylveon, I think, is a great option for, um, for players in the post-rotation metagame. So, um yeah, I think where I stand right now is that Shadow Rider is probably the de facto best deck. And then you have, um, uh, in my opinion, the Urshifu Moltres deck is the best Urshifu list, or the best way to play Urshifu. Uh, but I know that's up for debate. And certainly a lot of players think that the Intellion version is better, and that's totally fair. So uh, somewhere there, yeah, you got the bears and you got the horses really duking it out for the king in the format. Yeah, I I would kind of dissent. I think the uh, the Urshifu variants are the best decks in the format, and um, and Shadow Rider's prominence is kind of a uh, I guess a reflection circumstances that Urshifu is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, like I think Shadow Rider is really good. Like it's a phenomenal deck without Urshifu, but I think Urshifu is like what pushes it to actually be in like the true top tier of decks, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like some of these other. V maxes. Um, yeah, I, that, I think the one thing with Shadow Rider is it has like an incredible ceiling. We talked about this the other week, but yeah. man, that deck starts rough a lot. It really does because there's so many moving parts. Yeah, and I was experimenting in a recent tournament with adding in Great Balls instead of Evolution Incense to try to get a little bit more explosive first turn. And I I, th- I think there's some merit there, you know, just to like, cause it, I feel like the games that you get three shadow rider down on the first turn. Yeah. Like you have a, an extremely high win rate as opposed to the games that you get, you know, one there's or just so or many two. games where you get the one, man. That's yeah. so rough. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely <laughs> tough because you're not even, you're like, you're like barely, I don't even think you can really get a two shot in most instances with just one shadow rider down. So makes it difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of my thought is I think shadow rider would be, and you know, maybe with um, some upcoming reprints that'll help shadow rider continue. Oh baby. I can't wait for ultra ball. I think, yeah, I think ultra ball probably does a lot of nice things for the deck, right? Cause you just play ultra ball over evolution incense. And now you have, you know, a third of your deck, has the capability of getting <laughs> either uh, is a, or can grab uh, a shadow yeah. rider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. I'll I'll be really curious and for the uninitiated, um I is it officially confirmed or is it like it is it was just said. It was just said. It's like pretty heavily theorized, I suppose, um, that Ultra Ball is, is being reprinted in an upcoming set here. So uh, obviously it's gonna have a huge impact on the game. Yeah, I think so. And we'll talk about that more, of course, as it either gets more confirmed or we get further down the line, because um, that'll definitely be a huge talking point. Yeah, um, for sure. That said, uh, you know, sounds like we have slightly differing opinions on the format, but definitely like bears and horses are the top two decks. That much is indisputable, I think. For sure. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your, your GLC run with your lightning deck? Yeah, totally. So GLC was, I, I think it's my favorite format right now. Um, round one, I played water against water. I should again say that I was playing a lightning deck. Uh, so my lightning deck, I was saying on the cast last week and I got called out for it at the tournament. And they're like, I thought you were going to play dark, you know? And I was like, cause I was hyping up dark a lot. This. I did. I did, but I didn't. Okay. <laughs> so so I did because, yes, I did play Lightning, but I didn't because 
Lightning and Dark are very similar in a lot of ways. And you so said that me, on the cast too. Uh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, just to run it back again, you have Hoopa and Dark and you have Zapdos and Lightning. You have strong one energy attackers in the form of Luxray and Weavile. Uh, and then you have a Pokemon that should generally take two prizes. You have your Guzzlord in Dark and then your Raikou in Lightning. But the difference is that the Lightning deck just has draw support that the Dark deck doesn't. So what I found was when I was playing Dark, I would just run into the late game. I'd get to the late game and I'd kind of cruise through the early game. And I'd get to the late game and I'd be running out of good attackers and I just get end or reset stamped into, you know, two or three cards and then just not be able to draw out of that and end up losing my board position and losing the game. Yeah. And so so I figured I would go with lightning because I had three different ways to draw cards in the early game. I had the magneton, which is it's a good card. It's not your ideal card, um, but it, it certainly has it's, its uses. Card, that's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, it, it has its uses and it, and it came in clutch a number of times. And then I had, you know, the Voltorb electrode line and then the Zeb strike line with the sprint. And so I just felt like there were three different stage ones that I could use to draw cards. I was never going to be fully out of a game just because I had a dead hand. Like if I had, they were just opening up so many more possibilities to what I could have in a starting hand if I just had those draw cards. So, um, so I opted to go with lightning round That's what one. I told you, man. I told you that you did cards. You did. Yep. And I, I kind of listened, uh, round one, I played against water and Tom marking and I was able to win. I find that that's a pretty good matchup for water. Although I will say that the spread variant is a little bit scarier, the one with Kyogre, but Tom was playing just a beat stick water deck, very reminiscent of the ones that good matchup for uh, water or, or lightning. It's a good matchup for lightning. Okay. It's a good matchup for lightning just because you, you have weakness on a number of their Pokemon yeah. and then they all have things that have to evolve. So your Zapdos can be very potent in the early game, you know, cause they usually will lead, you know, Snom or Sobble or Squirtle, right? And you just knock that thing out of the park. And then if you can find Aww. like a Guzma <laughs> or a boss, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Uh, and then round two, I played against Beckett and he was playing dark. Now Beckett is a, uh, another, I guess, what, former Columbus player. Uh, and he was playing a dark deck. And that is, it, it's it's pretty even. But again, I find like, if they can get their B-string off and make their, their um, and make their Guzzlord live, you know, two turns, then it, they're going to have a really good time, right? And if they don't get that, then, you know, if you knock it out after they take their two prizes or if they just never find B-string, that could be really tough for them. And, and that's pretty much what happened to Beckett. He just wasn't able to, in the mid and late game, uh, pull anything together. And then round three, I played against Twitch user Tankman. And he was playing a colorless deck. And Natalie said that it was a crack deck, uh, that it was just so cool. Unfortunately, the Porygon for Tankman, it, a cracked Like, a cracked was it the Porygon deck? variant? Oh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I didn't really get I feel to like see that's his deck. the variant that Natalie would describe as the cracked deck. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed cool. I didn't really get a chance to see it because, again, I was like kind of, I started off really fast and I was just picking apart a lot of his board. So I didn't really get to see the full strat. Um, but that was a really cool deck. I would have liked to play that to like a, a real match. And then I played a lightning mirror. Oh, round four was intense so i made a <laughs> i made probably the biggest misplay of the weekend in round four where i had an active um i had an active luxio and i was hyper focused on the disconnect attack which is an item lock attack and it does 30 right. damage on a stage one i was like hyper focused on this so he brought up a mareep and he put me to sleep <laughs> and i flipped tails on the sleep and then so i was just like Oh, okay. I don't have a knockout on the next turn. Um, he evolved into Flaffy, and then I was like, "Oh, I don't have a." But oh, you had Luxray. Yeah, I had the Luxray. I had the Evo Incense, and I was like, "I think I was saving it for like a Zubstrika or something." <laughs> but I just had that in hand, like I should have just played it, and then that would have done a couple of things. It would have, um, you know, allowed me to take a knockout, and I would have gone up by two prizes, which 
you know, it's, it's always just better in GLC to get out by more than one prize, right? Like, like if you can, a lot of times the games were just trading back and forth. So if you're able to take that one prize advantage, then, you know, it doesn't matter if all your guys get knocked out because you're ideally just trading prizes from there on out. So uh, it would have given me that extra prize advantage. And then it also would have prevented me from getting knocked out on the following turn because he just didn't have an attacker. And I would have taken out his Flaffy, which meant that he would have one less because his lightning deck wasn't my lightning deck. And his lightning deck was more focused on getting uh, heavier attackers like the Raikou and the Zekrom. So really using the Dynamotor abilities. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't take the knockout. So he was able to like Dynamotor twice to like a Zekrom. I, I don't remember exactly the specifics, but he Dynamotored. <laughs> Uh, maybe it was a Zapdos that he got up and he just took the knock and he was like building up energy on his board. And I was just, I was like, that's so stupid. So anyway, in the late game, it's tied two to two on prizes. And I basically come up to a point where I just had to sack a Pokemon. I think I attack with the Zapdos into something, but it wasn't quite a knockout. And so he goes, well, I know this is a bait, but I'm going to do it anyway. And he attacks and he knocks out my... Pokemon that I send active, I don't know, my Zapdos or something. And so he goes down to one prize and I have a Raikou on my bench and I just need to get the counter energy to like do 120-120 to the bench and take my two prizes and win. And I end up not finding it <laughs> on that turn. So I send up some beefy Pokemon that can take a hit and I'm like, okay, he just has to not have Gust. And I like N or something or reset stamp. And he doesn't end up finding Gust. So I have one more turn to dig and then I find the counter energy and I get it going and get that Raikou up and take my last two prizes. So there you go. That was pretty exciting. Probably the best match of the weekend. And then round five, six IAD it was a six round uh, tournament. So I went four and oh, and then I did my last two in top eight. I played against Adavan Balandron with his grass deck. And so Otto is a player that's been playing a while. Um, but he got handed a grass deck from Andrew <laughs> like the night before. Yeah. Or no, the day of the day of, cause he, he was working that night or something. So like, he was like, yeah, play this. And he ended up making it into top, uh, top eight. There you go. Otto's a I was, legend. I was pretty sad to be playing him. And then I was pretty sad. Cause like you, you never want to cannibalize, um, cannibalize friends in the, in the first round. That's super, super disheartening. But anyway, he like pops the heck off like in the first game where he gets a he gets a uh, 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 forest of giant plants on the first turn. <laughs> and like, keep in mind, I only have one stadium to counter that. So I'm like digging frantically for it. But he gets the forest of giant plants and then he finds like a couple of evolutions and he starts the uh, shenotic and he gets that so he can start to search oh out all his other goodness. grass pokemon and then he flips yeah i remember he flipped two heads on timer ball while he had the <laughs> stadium out and it was just like oh my gosh it's That's a bloodbath insane yeah um so then i i forget how i bring it back there was one really crucial turn with the luxray that i think i like gusted up his rillaboom and then i used luxray and I was able to take a one-shot knockout on the Rillaboom, and he hadn't really been able to get much energy in play at that point. So I felt good about that, and then with the Luxray, I took a few more prizes, and then he was able to get the Rare Candy Rillaboom back. <laughs> um, so I get that back out into play, but then there was like one turn where I took a, took a big knockout and I hexed, and then that was kind of, that was kind of it for grass. It just, I just had just enough to get there across the finish line. And then I, I don't quite remember how game two finished it. It wasn't as good as game one, but uh, then I headed into top four, top eight. I wasn't streamed. So uh, I finally got to be on stream in the GLC. And that was a lot of fun. I played against a dark player that actually I'd played round one of the prior day. So he was my Rayquaza opponent in round one. Ooh. And he was a former magic player. So, uh, well, former or maybe still still plays, I think, actually. I take that back. Still plays. Um, but it's it's really funny. I don't know if you really interact with a lot of Magic players, but but I have over over the time that I've been playing. And they're, since Magic and, and to an extent Yu-Gi-Oh as well, like they're very, um, uh, you have to be very aware of what your opponent does. He was super acknowledging of everything that I did, right? 
like, like yeah he says okay and stuff like anytime. yeah yeah because like you know how pokemon it's a little more solitaire like our board like sure it affects the opponent's board but there's nothing that's like an immediate effect right like you could figure yeah. out on your turn the effects that are on your pokemon right um so like yeah he was like yep uh-huh seems good seems good uh-huh like everything and i'm like oh yeah like <laughs> magic player in the house uh so that was <laughs> that was really fun um and so yeah, I played him with Dark, and he just missed B-String, I think, both games on the turns that he needed it. I was able to get a quick um, you know, early attack, really kind of stifle his board position, and then I ended up using Raikou pretty well uh, in both games to, to take the win. And then in top two, I was off to a great start. I remember winning game one. I watched back game two, and there were a couple of errors by both of us. Uh, the first one was my Cynthia and Caitlin. I did them in a, I did the Cynthia and Caitlin in a reverse order, which just looking back on it, I think I, I think I have a really good shot to win that game if I don't have a double prize penalty. Cause basically I just needed to, um, I, I had a board set up that was pretty nice, but I just needed the game to go a little bit longer. So anyway, what I did was I drew my three cards and then I picked a supporter out of the discard pile. And it's like, well, you know, of course, yeah, I can't blame the judges for that. Um, they did a really great job, I think, throughout the course of the event, um, cracking down on those things. So I just made an error, and that was sad for me. And then Trey made an error where he drew an extra card, or he didn't draw an extra card. He, like, saw an extra card potentially. Um, and that was yeah. sad because we were both set back uh, to, to you know, only taking four prizes. Four prize but, game, yeah. Yeah, it, so so it kind of like evened out, but unfortunately, I think I think I'm better in a better position if we both had to take six prizes because my board was a little bit behind Trey's, uh, and he just had a bigger, you know, attacker at the right time, um, and he was able to take two prizes and end it. And then in, <laughs> and then in the last game, I like watched it back because it was kind of a blur at that point. I was actually trying to play faster because I was thinking that. <laughs> you know, Trey's, Trey's deck could take multiple prizes in a turn, so I was trying to get a big lead before time is called. Uh huh. And and I wasn't wearing my watch, so I didn't really have a good idea of where time was. But I was playing kind of fast and like maybe not thinking exactly like clearly. Um, but I just remember like watching it back. I remember Trey getting just like such. There was a there was one sequence in the early game that I knew that I had kind of like you just know that you'd lost when this series of plays happened. So he has an active Giratina, and he attached one energy as like his first turn, and he had a benched Ralts, and that was his only board position. So I'm like, I can definitely punish this if I can Guzma up the the Ralts, or um, or if I can just you know knock out this this Giratina before it can attack me. And I end up going in with a Zapdos into the active because I wasn't able to get an escape rope or, or a Guzma or a boss or anything. Uh, but I put that to sleep. I put the active uh, Giratina to sleep. And so he has to flip for sleep and he flips heads. If he flips tails there, I don't think he has a way to retreat and attack, but that's neither here nor there. So then he also gets a rare candy into Gardevoir which I'm like pissed. I, I'm laughing at him because he pulls the Gardevoir out of his deck. And I think you can kind of you can kind of see this on yeah. the on the stream game. And I'm like, bro, if you have rare candy, like I literally say to him, I'm like, bro, if you have rare candy here, I'm going to be sick. And he's like, I got rare candy. I'm like, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, he rare candies into the Gardevoir. And that's really hard to defend because it's just such a tank and it can accelerate energy to his other guys, right? Yeah, like, and draws cards. And draws card. Like, it's just so good. It's so good, especially on turn, what, two or three that he had it. And so he was able to draw two cards and he got the stadium. And that was a killer because I just wasn't able to get rid of that stadium for the longest time. And he <laughs> took two knockouts with that, uh, with that Giratina. It was like basically at that point that I knew that I had lost because you just can't get, I didn't have a response um, after that initial Zapdos. It was, it was just rough from there, and uh, yeah, that that was the crucial turn that he needed to to again go up by one, really put all the pressure on, take out my only real attacker. I had to sacrifice a Pokemon, and it was just kind of downhill from there. So, yeah, yeah. So so I was, but you know, yeah. still walked away with a hefty amount of prizing. So 
Yeah, probably made about a you know five hundred bucks on the weekend. So all in all, <laughs> can't not too bad. Too much. Yeah. Can't complain. Yep. <laughs> well, so. congratulations on some awesome showings. Sounds like it was a really exciting, fun event. Uh, and shout out to Full Grip and and Andrew and Natalie and all the folks there for helping to put that on. Yeah, it was awesome. I can't thank them enough. I hope we get to do something in the future. But do we you have will. any other tournaments on the uh, on the horizon here? So I'm not going to play in the Pog Championship. We're having some friends in town, and I just I don't know. I played in it last year, and it was like 12 hours or something. <laughs> and it just I don't know, man. Especially after playing like in person, like the online game is is still really fun. But I don't know if it's I don't know if it's 12 hours fun for you know handful of packs so sure i'm not going to be playing in that but hopefully there's hopefully there's something coming up i want to start doing on the channel a little more tabletop action um i've been reaching out to some local players and saying you know Dankus, hey you want to come over sometime and we could do like a four person like round robin type thing um that i would maybe like commentate and we can hang out with the guys for a little bit uh, so that might be in the near future in terms of in terms of tournaments yeah well, that'll be fun. Do you have yeah, any so. uh, evolved opinions on Gym Leader Challenge coming out of it about what the best decks might be? So I think that Lightning is the best deck, and I think it could be nerfed slightly by banning like or, or retiring maybe one of the draw support. So like maybe just retiring the Zeb Strika I think would really neuter the deck in a way that wouldn't make it too you know terrible but wouldn't make it you know the kind of draw powerhouse that it currently is um and then i also really enjoy the water snipe deck i think that deck is crazy good yeah the kyogre deck seems quite good Uh, basically anything that snipes (laughs) yeah basically anything that snipes is like really cool and then there's also, of course, the uh, the psychic deck that one I think is you know Trey's psychic deck is quite nice as well. So I would say those three are the ones I would consider heading into any future tournaments. Yeah, I think the lightning deck is is my favorite personally. Um, just seems so, the so fact, good, right? yeah, the There's fact so that you can get those, the fact that you can get those early knockouts um, is is so strong, and then you have a couple of beefy stage twos. So you can you can stay in those like really grindy games with those big Pokemon, right. uh, and then you just have insane draw. So yeah, yeah I it's, think the it, draw it's is, a good is maybe the best part about it too. You just got yeah so many options on any given turn. Are yeah, there any other sure. cards you would you know maybe consider for retirement in the GLC? Um yeah, I mean I think the snipe stuff like I would consider retiring the amazing rares. Um, or, or maybe putting them on like a rotation. I think that could also be pretty cool. Like um, if Andrew were to say like, okay, we're not necessarily banning them forever, but just maybe for this, you know, this season, you know, this three month, we're not going to do amazing rares or something. I think that could be kind of cool. So uh, yeah, the, the amazing rares I, I think could go just because they provide a little too much, uh, too much spread and, and they can really dominate a board position. Yeah, I feel that. I've, I'm kind of like waffling on the amazing rares. I also almost want to consider like hex for retirement. Um, I I think hex is one of those cards though that I don't know how much like your that decision is based on like w- how much you played, but I feel like hex is one of the only card or one of the few cards that allows for, like comebacks. for comebacks. Yeah, no, I yeah. I see that side of it, but I also feel like. I feel like Hex is used more to win harder than it is to like prevent comebacks than it is to like actually oh, really? come back. Yeah. In, no, in I've my definitely opinion. Yeah, I've definitely like played Hex when I was up and like just completely destroyed. Like, like completely destroyed any hope of them coming back as opposed yeah, it's to them being great. able to come back. No, no, no. It's it's a I great feel thing. Like, in my opinion, like Hex does kind of give you a way to come back, but usually if you're trying to come back you're trying to like draw cards and like build mm-hmm. up like your board mm-hmm. state. Uh, right. Whereas usually like Hex will kind of also shut that down. So. Right. I don't know. That's kind of my take on Hex. I, I could, I could understand Hex not being banned. I think, uh, 
I think I would consider first and foremost the amazing rares. Um, I think their their power budget <laughs> is like a little higher than maybe the single prize basic intended. Yeah, it's it's tough though because I think like the the lightning amazing rare Raikou is a little bit balanced in the sense that you um you you if you're, you're trying to go up on prizes early with the Zapdos, so it's often so the counter energy is a little yeah. So like the counter, really so you have to like there's three turns of attachments that you need to get onto the Raikou. So like it doesn't feel too too bad. The Kyogre is. I don't know that it's necessarily a different story because the they both definitely more like repeatedly abusable just by yeah. the nature of like the type it's built around. Yeah. 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 So the, yeah. Uh, that would be the only thing for the Kyogre is like, well, you also get the melodic, which is kind of frustrating <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you watched the, the Kyogre deck that was streamed. Uh, I did. Man. That was, that was insane. Also, Caleb played the deck that I would have played at the, the colorless control deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was what I was trying to talk about before is like, you have, you know, all these different like dolls and Rangaroo and you have all, all your disruption cards. And... Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, yeah. I love that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, I don't think it wins against, uh, I don't think it wins against lightning. I have no idea. Never played the matchup, but, at the test. <laughs> Not a lot of people want to test those matchups. That's true. That's true. That's a, a little difficult. But, oh. you know, all around, great stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're butting up on probably the end of, of where we want to be in terms of time here. But I did want to give our, our card of the day, and then we could talk a little bit about some upcoming topics we got here on the cast. Um, so card of the day today is a... Very special card from the Plasma Freeze set. JW, do you have an inkling for what that might be? Um, is it isn't it an A spec? No, it's not an A spec. Is it a is it a Pokemon? No. Uh, <laughs> is it a supporter? <laughs> You're taking too long. It is uh Is it Chorus? No, although Chorus is oh. a good is a good choice there. Chorus okay. is definitely a, like an all timer card. Yeah. Um, it's Ultra Ball. Plasma Freeze Ultra Dang. Ball. Dang. Uh, um, I should have known. The goaded print of Ultra Ball. Anyone who says that Sun and Moon and Better is lying to you. Um, as JW pulls out his Sun and Moon Ultra Balls yeah. and cries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're right here. <laughs> they're in this box. But Plasma Freeze Ultra Ball is just so sick. So awesome. Honestly, I think uh, originally when Sun and Moon dropped, I liked that style better. But as I played the game longer, I kind of appreciate the fact that it that the plasma freeze one's kind of in like the original formatting of the card in a way, but it's just gaudy and gold and awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so in honor of like ultra ball being kind of like hinted at returning, uh, I thought it'd be nice to, to honor the goat. That is a goat indeed. I can't wait to have that boy back. <laughs> so in the coming weeks, some we wanted to talk about, uh, a new upcoming thing in the TCG, that being the the objective deck and kind of like the ways that you should be thinking about like your testing and deck building in general. Uh, so look forward to um, some more topics there. Um, I'm also thinking that we should be talking more in the coming season. You know, we have rotation. So kind of about like some deck building fundamentals. We haven't talked about that in a little while. Um, so look forward to some some things there. And of course, we'll be talking more about the post-rotation meta as it inevitably develops into a way that we could have never foreseen. Yeah, no doubt. And we have, yeah, for just to speak a little bit more on that objective deck, um, it's a website that you can use to give you some statistical insight into your games. Um, that's that's about the extent that I know of it. I, I've played around with it a little bit, um, but we'll be talking a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll also be talking about the new client that will yeah. probably be TCG premiering Live. in about two weeks. Right? Like, cause it they're going to probably the... run, well, they're probably going to run the draft the world tournament through this new, you think so? That would be my guess. Like, I, like I think that unveiling. would, I think that would be if they don't run it through that, they'll at least like showcase it, but it makes sense, right? Because playing in past formats, you would have, you know, p potentially like different 
rule sets or different bands or something depending on the format. So like, I don't know, I could see that being, um, being a a part of, of the, uh, the, the draft, the world tournament. Yeah. So the future of, of how we play trading cards virtually also on the table, a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. There's, there's plenty of things to talk about. We also got celebrations coming within the next month or so, which I am personally really excited about. I got some pre-orders in and I can't wait. We just, we don't have enough time soon. It's going to be like a, an hour and a half or two hour cast. I know. I know. <laughs> but with that, I would just like to thank everybody for being a part of this journey again over the, the last couple of years. We're excited to bring you more awesome content on tag team and look forward to more exciting developments in season four if there's anything that you'd like to see please feel free to reach out to us on twitter that's at smouse riles at real john walter and at tag team pokemon for the podcast itself and if you want to catch us live every week except for this week uh you can catch us at twitch.tv slash munner or uh alternatively on flex daddy righteous absolutely Thank you guys again for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll catch you all next time. Peace. Peace.